All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscalia. Thanks for hanging out with me. This is the semi-official post-game episode of the Bills' uh, bombshell loss to the Broncos, uh, one that many people looked at as a game that the Bills should and probably needed to win to rectify what uh, what has been going on this season, but instead they lost in pretty pretty epically embarrassing fashion. There was a an era of what the hell did I just watch to that game? And then it raised questions about Ken Dorsey. And I decided to record this after the morning came and went because based on the things that we were seeing, hearing over the course of the past month, it really felt like last night there was a bit of an even stronger shift towards the overall the overall frustration level with the offensive environment and be it as it may, Ken Dorsey, who is now, as we know, the former offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. The Bills deciding and officially firing him a little bit before noon on Tuesday. They have made Joe Brady, the quarterback's coach, the interim offensive coordinator. Joe Brady, formerly of the LSU National title group featuring Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson was was there. He goes to Carolina to be their offensive coordinator under head coach Matt Rule. It was a bit of a weird situation in the fact that was it was Rule kind of putting Brady behind the eight ball. There was at least some wonder about that because Brady entered the NFL with the reputation of being a pretty creative play caller. So that is the move for the Bills. That is the move for Sean McDermott. And I wanted to kind of go over this entire situation because it feels like this has been a thing for the entire season. I have talked at length about Ken Dorsey, his overall fit into what the Bills were trying to do going back to when they hired him last year. I mean, you can go back in in previous episodes. I voiced concerns over Ken Dorsey because first-time play caller in the middle of a Super Bowl era or a Super Bowl window, they were the betting Super Bowl favorites, which doesn't really mean anything from a preseason perspective, but still mighty high expectations. And that's a lot to put on the shoulders of a first-time play caller. And then on top of it all, he gets the added pressure of effectively being John A- Josh Josh Allen's hand-picked guy. Now, it wasn't Josh Allen signing the check and going, all right, you're hired, but There was a strong endorsement as soon as Brian Dable left the Bills to become the Giants head coach. Allen made himself quite clear that he would like Dorsey, who was then the quarterback's coach of the Bills, to ascend to the offensive coordinator position. And that would have mostly been fine, but it allowed the entire viewpoint of whether or not it was what was right for the Bills to be skewed by the fact that Josh Allen really wanted this guy. And on one hand, you want your quarterback to be extraordinarily comfortable with what is happening around him. But at the same time, you do not have to Make every little piece around him 
into something that he has semi control over. What, whether it's Dorsey being the offense coordinator, uh, the quarterback's room that has effectively been a cast of a lot of Josh's good friends. And when you have all of that empowering, and on one one hand, it's it's good to facilitate wanting to know what what the franchise quarterback would like, but it's a difficult line to kind of balance because once you get into that and you start to empower them with all of these decisions or having a potential say in these decisions, then that creates an awkward scenario, which is what we wound up seeing evolve in 2023. Ken Dorsey, over the first 10 games of the season, was the offensive coordinator of a team that really failed to have the consistent output that made them an overarching dynamic offense from the past. And it is now well past the time in which he has had chances, right? Like it's been 28 total games since Dorsey took over and it was great at the start. There was a couple of games in 2023 that, that they looked like the offensive old. But then when you break down the season, and I think this is where Sean McDermott finally hit his breaking point. He got to the 10 game mark. And that is well past the halfway point in the season. With only seven left to play. And he looks at hit, looks at the season. And from his perspective, he's likely seeing what the offense did over those 10 games from a game-to-game basis. And eight of those games, probably eight and a half of those games, led to a lot more questions, uneven results, that overall disjointed quality to the offense. And this, in spite of all of the additions that the Bills made in the offseason, that being to their offensive line, I have pointed out time and time again now that this pass-blocking offensive line is the best the Bills have had for basically since Josh Allen has become the starting quarterback in uh, for the Bills. So that's an excuse that was pulled, and that was a, a big reason why the why the overall offensive picture last year became somewhat untenable. But this year, they fixed that part. They didn't have a go-to second guy to Stefan Diggs. And part of that was Gabriel Davis's high ankle sprain. But this year, the inconsistency has followed him. But they did add Dalton Kincaid, who... Even though he took a little bit of time to start to separate himself from the rest of the pack. Once Dawson Knox left with an injury and went on IR due to wrist surgery, it was wheels up for Dalton Kincaid. And he was extremely important and has been extremely important over these last three or four games. So you have these things working their working in their favor. Do they have the overwhelming cast of characters of pass catchers? No. They like they're they're not at the Bengals level or anything like that. But they have Stefan Diggs, who's one of the best receivers in the NFL, and they have Dalton Kincaid, who is one of the most, most talented um rookie tight ends to ever come through. And his impact in his first year is pretty evident of the fact that this guy is probably going to be a player for a long time for the Bills. 
So those things work. But for some reason, with these things working in their favor, the overall offensive environment, the offensive picture that we have discussed week after week has not fixed itself. There are signs of it each each and every week of them potentially getting ahead of of uh, or getting out of that funk. Even against the Bengals, you saw good drives here and there, some of which undone by turnovers. But the unevenness of those games has led to the frustration. And we have seen the overall tone regarding the offense and the offensive coordinator situation shift dramatically over the last two games, ultimately leading to the dismissal of of Ken Dorsey. And we'll get to that tone in a minute because there were some major league warning signs from Sean McDermott after the loss to the Broncos. None of this is to say that Ken Dorsey is solely to blame because he is not. Josh Allen has effectively regressed. Is he the top five quarterback that the Bills paid him to be? Here and there. But he is making way too many errors. He's not seeing the entire field. He's leaving the pocket prematurely. He's not scrambling nearly as much as he should to put strain on a defense. And because that big piece of their offense is taken away from them, it has formulated a playbook that is rooted in similar predictable concepts time in and time out. And that in itself is an untenable situation. So if defenses know what they're probably going to get from one week to the next, one series to the next, one one play to the next, they really only have to key up on a few things leading into the week. But there's always that chance that Josh Allen has one of those games that takes the Bills and and helps them run with run with the idea that uh, that this offense will finally get back on track. It just never happened. That Broncos game was supposed to be the one, right? Like this, that's that's the type of game that in years past. You look back on and go, okay, that was the one where where the offense gets back on track. It was a home game. It wasn't prime time. It was against a defense that had been playing better as of late, but was historically bad to begin the season. And the Bills were just coming off a, a tough loss to a team that has had their number over the last two seasons who themselves have been, the Bengals, have been contenders in the AFC the last couple of years. This Broncos game felt like it was designed in a lab at this specific portion of the, of the calendar, of the schedule, for them to go, okay, that's the one that pushes them toward, back into the winning record realm They get another week to kind of figure it out and maybe completely rectify it before they get to a Jets game against a much more difficult opponent on that side of the ball. But it never seemed to happen. The predictability, the lack of creativity, the overall failure to get the most out of an offense that hasn't really had much adversity happen to it this year outside of poor play. 
Dawson Knox was really the only injury they have suffered from a long-term perspective this season. And arguably, they got better once once uh, he went on IR because that meant Dalton Kincaid took, took a humongous amount of snaps. The offensive line, all five over the course of the season, has missed roughly around like, I don't know, somewhere between 50 to 70 snaps collectively. And most of those snaps were because they came in games where the game was well in hand. Were there some random injuries where they had to take a playoff here and there? Sure. But those were far and few between. They have been remarkably healthy on the offensive line. Stefan Diggs has been available every single week. Gabe Davis has been available every single week. Khalil Shakir has started to get himself going. So it's not as though they were down to, I don't know, having to call up Justin Shorter from IR and going with Tyrell Shavers and Brian Thompson, two of their practice squad receivers. It's been a pretty close to perfect first 10 weeks from an injury perspective, as the Bills could have possibly hoped. So then what was the disconnect? Why did it never seem to pop for the Bills? I mean, you look at a lot of people throwing out there the stats of yards per game, yards per play, everything like this. A lot of it checked out as to like, okay, this Bills offense should be good. But the overall lack of creativity and the lack of unpredictability hurt them when it came to eventually cashing in for points. Now, are there instances of Turnovers being an issue, yes, that has happened the last couple of weeks. But this is an overwhelming cumulative effect as to why Ken Dorsey was dismissed from the organization today as opposed to what happened in the Broncos game. I know there's a there's a popular sentiment out there that says, Hey, if they don't have 12 men on that on that uh, field goal block that Will Lutz missed, Dorsey probably has a job right now. <clears throat> and I don't know that to be exactly the case. The Bills' defense was routinely put in a difficult position against the Broncos. The overall drive start, as McDermott pointed out multiple times after the game, was so far in the Broncos' favor. And a depleted Bills defense had to bail out the offense and continue to give them chance after chance after chance. And it's not as though them losing was just like the, okay, now that they lost, Dorsey's got to go. I guarantee you that McDermott, this has been weighing on him. I would wager since the New England game as to whether or not to make a move because he felt the season. He's aware enough to understand what these specific outcomes mean to the scope of their season. He understands and as much as publicly he'll say one game at a time, he understands what's coming up on the schedule. Everybody does at this point. It's Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers. Those are five teams that are all jockeying for playoff position or are firmly in it. One of which beat them in week one, and that's the Jets. So he's, he's aware of that. He sees the offense struggling on a week-to-week and not getting the most out of these 
pass catching assets, not getting the most out of Josh Allen on a week to week basis. Not having the, the word I keep using is unpredictability, but in Sean McDermott's mind, it's having the threat to run as opposed to balancing the offense towards more of a a run heavy scheme. They know full well that their entire life in the NFL is going to be based around the passing attack. And I think, I don't know that McDermott is necessarily hoping to change that. I think he understands the value of passing early and often. However, when the Bills did run the ball, They were primarily ineffective throughout the scope of the season, which led to more chances for opponents to narrow their focus even more on those you know, very small set of concepts that the Bills were trying to run because it's what's worked with them. How many times did we see a trick play of any kind throughout Dorsey's tenure. And that and I don't think that's the reason or even close to the reason why he's out of the job. But they just didn't have the confidence to do so. Or at least he didn't have the confidence to, to do so. He didn't want to waste it down. He tried it a couple of weeks ago. It failed spectacularly. But at the very least, it was something different. And he has tried some different things here and there but has also pivoted away from them. And having all of these different facets of Dorsey as to why, despite statistics making him look more favorable, that the Bills were effectively at their wit's end with the lack of consistent offensive success from that side of the ball. Because they know, the franchise knows, that their best chance of winning the whole thing is when that offense is playing as well as or better than any other team in the NFL. That was the year that they had their best shot at it. Back in 2021, when they lost to the Chiefs, in that 38 to 35 for the for the Bills organization heartbreaker but it wasn't a cue of their defense that helped make them that sort of super bowl threat that season looking back we might look at that game as the peak of this Bill's regime up until the point where they start to rebuild their roster a little bit, because this is an old roster. They've got a lot of money on the books next year. They've got expiring contracts. They've got guys they need to make a decision on. They might have to cut some guys who were formulaic members at the beginning of of the entire thing in 2017 and 2018. But because of the dwindling cap space and Josh Allen's fat contract, the overall talent level of the supporting cast is only going to worsen up until the point where their young draft picks can start to push forward. But as we've seen, There has been an overall whiff on a lot of these top three round draft picks. Now, Kair Elam is really the only first round pick that I think is missed, but day two picks have not gone well for Brandon Bean, and that's an issue. So they know the offense is the way that they're going to have to do the thing. And that was only compounded by the amount, the sheer volume of injuries 
that the Bills have had to endure on the defensive side of the ball. Daquan Jones, Matt Milano, Tredavious White, those are three high-impact players. Maybe less so Tredavious White at this stage of his career, but still, he was the number one cornerback of this crew. The clear lead cornerback of this crew. Then on top of that, Micah Hyde's down for this game against the Broncos. Christian Benford's down. So you're down to Dane Jackson, who they were effectively trying to replace on the trade deadline with Rasul Douglas. And then Micah Hyde's out, which means Taylor Rapp is in. And Taylor Rapp has been below average this season. And once they drift into their dime defense on obvious passing situations, it brings Cam Lewis into safety. And your your two safeties on any on those given plays are Taylor Rapp and, and Cam Lewis. But we're diverging from the point. The fact is, the defense needs help. Those injuries that I laid out are pretty weighty in terms of the guys that they were least that they would least afford to lose. Jones was an impact one technique defensive tackle. Their run defense suffered from that point up until they got Linval Joseph. Tredavious White, even though he wasn't the same guy from before his torn ACL, he was still an above average player. Matt Milano, simply put, an all-star. Game-changing linebacker. Those three in itself are going to be harmful. And so they knew the offense had to be the thing to bring them where they wanted to go in 2023. And it just hasn't been there for 85% of the season. You want to talk about warning signs? I know a lot of people are frustrated with Sean McDermott after the the all-out blitz call that wound up in a pass interference. And then the 12th man on 12th man on the field on the field goal attempt that wound up being a miss. I understand there's some frustration with him, and certainly that's only going to continue now that Ken Dorsey is out of the way. And we'll touch more on that as we kind of move with this story now that we have a conclusion on, on at least one angle of it. But you look at how this Bills roster needed to respond. And it plainly wasn't there. And that wasn't good enough for Sean McDermott. He wanted the threat to run. They were sporadic in doing so. And it kind of felt like in that Broncos game, going through and tracking the plays and seeing his usage and everything like that, it just kind of felt like a guy that was calling plays he thought that would help him save onto his job rather than setting things up or calling a game, really. Just didn't seem like a plan. It kind of seemed like flying by the seat of his pants knowing that the pressure was on. I think their final drive that wound up in a touchdown. What was it? Five straight James Cook runs. It wound up working, but usually when you do something good on first down, you don't always want to run and, and do the same things that you did on the previous first down. And especially not on the one after that. Now, they were fortunate that the Broncos couldn't stop them one iota on that drive. And Dorsey does deserve some credit for, I suppose, sticking with that. But there's also the point of not sticking with things that worked. One thing I can point to from the Buccaneers game, them going into 10 personnel, really, well, not really, the only time this entire season 
and gaining nearly nine yards per play. It was something different. It was a new wrinkle. They were putting a strain on the defense with another receiver out there, forcing them into a decision. Didn't stick with it. Hasn't run a single play of it since that Tampa Bay game. So it all comes back to the overall expectations of what the Bills want out of their offense, what the Bills need out of their offense. And although some some of the stats look good, and I'm a very analytically based person, so I respect fully statistics. But I also try to pair that with eye test, with getting a feel for what is happening inside the organization, getting a feel for when it might be too much for them to overcome, or at least they think it's too much to overcome. And that's what it began feeling like as soon as the Bills lost to the Patriots in New England. You can make a strong argument that they missed an opportunity to have that be the week to move on and to start setting up what we now know to be Joe Brady as their interim offensive coordinator. Because at that point in the year, let's see, what were they? Let me just go find their schedule real quick. They were four and three at that point in the year. Still very much the season was theirs for the taking. But it was a bit thrown off by their following game being a Thursday night game. So it's a truncated schedule. Makes it a little bit more difficult. The Bills wind up winning that game. And the offense looked a bit better. Still wasn't great. Still a lot of maddening inconsistencies. But enough on a short week to probably make Sean McDermott go, okay, all right, five and three. Let's see what Ken Dorsey's got heading into the Cincinnati Bengals game. Bengals game happens. And that's when the first tone shift happened. Where it was less of a subtle comment here, a subtle comment there, and more of a strong statement about what McDermott believed ailed the Bills' offense. That was the first minor sign. But still, with the Bengals game, that's a really good opponent and one that has had their number and one that shut them down in the playoffs pretty well. So maybe that wasn't the time. So it might have just been a victim of circumstance of schedule as to the reason why Ken Dorsey held on for as long as he did because Jets game was not good. Commanders game, a lot of that was defensive-based, even though they won 37-3. The Jags game, we all know, was bad. The Giants game was horrible. The Patriots game was horrible. The Buccaneers game was passable, but not great. The Bengals game showed signs of life, but nowhere near the consistency they needed. And then the Broncos game, which, as we know, wound up to be inevitably the one that helped get Ken Dorsey canned. But those warning signs I was talking about in the post-game press conference were like just the frustration from McDermott was just palpable. Some of his quotes, you hear it in the moment and even then you're like, oh, okay. But then when you go back and read them, you're like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of the questions asked to McDermott was outside of the turnovers, because that was his big thing. And that's been his big thing over the last two weeks, outside of the turnovers, removing those from the situation. What did he think of the performance of the offense? And he said, I thought at times we moved the ball. Not enough, though. I think it could have been better. I really do. So that's not even 
factoring in the piece of player execution, drops, fumbles, interceptions. That's more so concepts, play sequencing. That's more indicative of a guy frustrated with his offensive coordinator when you remove those game-shaping plays. That was one sign. Another sign, I thought, that was perhaps the strongest outside of what he said about Ken Dorsey specifically. Josh Allen's press conference was before Sean McDermott's, as is tradition with with the postgame. Josh Allen goes up, and my colleague Tim Graham did a wonderful job putting the exact feeling around that press conference with Josh Allen, which overall the vibes were bad for Josh Allen in that press conference. Just short-worded answers. A million-mile-long stare as Mitch Morris was basically speaking up for the entire offense right next to him. But when asked a question directly about his thoughts early in the week, saying that he thought they were close to becoming that dynamic offense that everybody knows they can be or everyone thinks that they have the potential to be. And then asked why he continues to have that faith and said, in five words, because we've done it before. So I'm like, okay, I get it. You have belief. So I was interested to see what McDermott and how he responds to that sort of thought process. I asked him about the faith of some that they would turn around just because of those previous successes, whether it be you're talking about the Miami game or last year in 2022, early in the season, or even during the Brian Dable era. And McDermott, to that question, responded, it's been the better part of through 10 games now. I've seen the inconsistencies through 10 games, and so... That's really where, to me, the honest evaluation right now is. So very clearly, McDermott had little time for the thought of, hey, they're going to turn it around because they've seen this and they've done this before. That time is coming to a close. They're 10 games into a season, as he pointed out. So he's not willing to go with blind faith as opposed to trying to seek an active solution. That was another big warning sign. And then when asked about his confidence level in Ken Dorsey, flat out, that was the biggest, okay, Ken might be done tomorrow sort of thing. Because if you remember back after the New England game, Sean McDermott was asked about his confidence level in Ken Dorsey being able to turn this whole thing around. His response was two words, succinct and a clear sign of faith in Ken Dorsey. He said, very confident. This time around, asked the same question about his confidence level in Ken Dorsey. Sean McDermott said, I'm confident, but I believe we can be better at the same time. If he would have just left it at, I'm confident, same deal. The moment he threw a qualifier on there, I'm confident, but I believe we can be better at the same time. Meant the gears were turning, and they were probably turning the entire game They've been probably turning, like I said, since the New England game. 
as Sean McDermott feels the season slipping through their fingers. Five and five is no joke. The schedule they've got coming up is absolutely no joke. And while they probably could have made this move sooner, it was important that they did it now because Dorsey and him lasting as long as he did has in some part defined their season, especially if they have a strong response with Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. But it all leads you to the point of why does this thing look inherently broken? Where are the answers? And I think a lot of people deserve blame. I think Sean McDermott deserves some blame. I think Josh Allen deserves a great deal of blame for his unevenness as a decision maker. His leaving of the pocket too prematurely at times. His lack of scrambling, except for weeks when it's really like imparted into him. Like that's he's. He's not doing it as much anymore, and it's hurting the offense. Bad ball placement from time to time. These things add up. And then on top of that, pass catchers occasionally leaving the Bills high and dry. So those are all plausible people to point blame at for why the offense has not quite clicked the way that it's needed to. But at the end of the day, it ultimately falls on Ken Dorsey to put those players in the best position to succeed, to not continue to run similar concepts time in and time out. To not make it easy on a defense because you're just going with what you know has worked in the past. The Buffalo Bills offense was flawed. Some have used the term broken. I don't think it was broken. But I think there was a pretty hefty bandage on that thing. So now they get to prove whether or not this decision to move on from Ken Dorsey is the right one, if it can help lead them back into the playoff race, because right now they are up against it. A horrible record against the conference, which matter for tie-breaking from tie-breaking rules. And now they have to figure out what's going on with Josh Allen. So spinning it forward, which... Like I said, we'll do more of as the weeks kind of lead up here because with the AFC as competitive as it is and the schedule being what it is, there's a legitimate possibility the Bills miss the playoffs entirely this season. So now that Sean McDermott has played the only card he had to try and get this offense where he thinks it needs to go and where, quite frankly, it should be from a week-in, week-out basis. So now if the attention wasn't on him a lot, that intensifies now that Ken Dorsey is out out the door. Joe Brady has an opportunity to become the long-term offensive coordinator, if he does well with these seven games. But he's not going to be the guy that everybody's talking about. It's going to be Sean McDermott. Because there have been instances throughout his tenure with some interesting decision-making down the stretch that has led to the undoing of, of the Bills. And for as good as the Bills have been in the regular season over the last four years, for as good and as close as they have seemed to some of these AFC superpowers, 
There's just been something slight missing. So now it's all attention on Sean McDermott. Do I think it's going to result in him losing his job at the end of the year? I don't think that whatsoever. I think it would really have to unravel in a way that none of us could have foreseen. But it's at the very least going to be on the top of mind of a lot of fans' minds as to can the Bills win a Super Bowl with Sean McDermott as their head coach? I would be shocked if a majority or at least a good number of Bills fans aren't thinking in that lens right now. Dorsey's gone. And some have called him a scapegoat. I don't think I don't think that's the case because as I pointed out before, this is a a cumulatively based decision with what has gone on for over 80% of their offensive performances this season, at least in the mind of Sean McDermott. This was not a, well, the special teams and defense cost him at the end of that game. And be, and because they lost, and only because they lost, somebody's got to go because they're now 5-5. Five and five. I don't think that was the thought process. I think McDermott legitimately had to have been thinking about this over the past several weeks. Like I said, after the New England game. So now, all, all that focus goes to him. And what will he do with it? What will the Bills do with it? How will he handle the offseason? Who are they going to put into that offensive coordinator chair in the offseason? Because I don't think Sean's going anywhere. They just signed him to a contract extension through the opening of that new stadium. I think they would love to have that GM head coach combo as long as they deserve to be there, mind you. Along, along with their franchise quarterback and Josh Allen, being the ones that take them into that new facility across the street. But that's a long time from now. We It is still 2023. A lot of stuff can happen. And a few times on my live room episodes, people will have asked me, hey, is McDermott on the hot seat? And my consistent answer has been, it's a year premature. It's starting to get a little bit warmer because more of the attention is placed on him. But making the playoffs for the last four seasons and five of their last six will buy him time. If it doesn't, that would be a pretty solid surprise, I would say. But this is the year before the hot seat year, I think should it continue into 2024. And I know that's not something that a lot of you or some of you that are pointing the blame at McDermott want to hear, but it's McDermott's team. And with the type of success he has had in the regular season, he's going to be given the benefit of the doubt more than likely. So we can pocket this and talk about it all off season which I'm sure we will. And there might be even more opportunity to do so, especially if the Bills don't make the playoffs. Because right now, not looking great, Bob. Currently, after week 10, the Bills are in 10th place in the AFC. Still only half a game out of, of the final playoff spot. But as I said before, the conference record is horrid. Two and five. On the season. They're going to need these AFC North teams to beat up on each other and then sneak in. But. It's not a guarantee, especially with the schedule that the Bills have coming up. So Ken Dorsey is fired. The Bills played their hand. 
their only hand of change in within the confines of a season. Now we get to see what they do with it. Now we get to see if this team can become that dynamic passing offense. Now we get to see if it was Ken Dorsey or if it was the players that were inherently flawed. Probably a bit of both. But Josh Allen needs to be better. The Bills and their new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, need to empower Josh Allen to be better than he has been. Encourage him to do, to scramble and put that strain on a defense. To not fall into these predictable tendencies that the Bills had on offense throughout the season. So much is on the line. And only seven games to figure it out. Starting with the New York Jets at Highmark Stadium on Sunday, a little after 4 p.m. So it should be fun. All right. So that's going to do it for me. Ken Dorsey is out. And feel good about this, the decision to wait on the podcast because had I recorded it at four in the morning, it would have basically been, you know, outdated about seven hours later. So Dorsey's out. Joe Brady's in. But the questions remain about Sean McDermott, the overall personnel group, Josh Allen, and the offense with anyone not named Stefan Diggs. We'll see how it ends up because the Bills need to respond and they need to respond quickly. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Pascalia. I appreciate you all for listening, reading, subscribing, all that good stuff. And we we will be back later this week ahead of the Jets game for our live room episode where I take your questions right on the Athletic app. If you haven't joined and tried it yet, go ahead and do so. They're a lot of fun. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you later in the week. See you then.